This podcast is brought to you by the website of doom.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Aaron Fever Talks 2. This is the first episode of which for 2018, and I'm very excited to be talking to you guys again. It's been a little while. Um, I've kind of taken a little bit of a break doing these interviews while I've been doing the sister podcast, which is Fever Talk with my wife, Darcy Fever, uh, which I've been very much enjoying doing. But um, it's good to get back into the mix of interviews again. And I'm I'm starting off 2018 with my good pal. um, I hope I'm allowed to say those things. I always get very cheeky about saying they're my best friend. And then they're like, I don't I barely know you, sir. But yeah, uh, the good person that is uh, Hassan Otsman El Howe. He's uh, we've had him on the show before and he was a wonderful guest then and was a wonderful guest again today uh, we have a great talk about uh, his upcoming comic the unlikely story of Felix and Macabre and then we also talk quite a bit about just our last year in general and looking back on 2017 um, together so uh, slightly less interviewee this time uh, and more of a, a general chat between the two of us about our own experiences uh, and I wish I really hope Hope you enjoy. We get into uh, very therapeutic ideas and and experiences, as so you as you'll soon find out. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com. Um, Patreon don't sponsor this podcast. Uh, no, it's brought to you by them because of the generous people who donate via my Patreon, which is Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Fever. You go there and you donate as little as $1 a month. And that money goes into the hosting costs of podcasts like this, uh, along with the other costs of the general things that I do, such as making comic books, other podcasts, <laughs> uh, videos, and other things that I do over time. Uh, generally comic books at the moment, though, because that is my focus right now. But I, I do other random things from time to time as well. And that's all able to happen because of generous people donating through there. If you donate $1 a month, you get uh, early access to things like this podcast. If you donate $5 a month or more, if you're feeling generous, uh, you will get a free printed copy of all my comics when they are released. So any new comics that I make, you'll get sent to you um, without any asking for it. <laughs> Even if you don't want it, it's going to get sent to you. So I think that's enough rambling for the start of this podcast, because Lord knows we do enough rambling in this podcast. It's going to be a fun one, folks. I had a great time and it was a good laugh. So uh, there's nothing left to do other than to introduce Hassan Otsman Elhow. So yeah, so today I'm going to uh, have a specific question or two to ask you, and then I'm going to play a game. Um, okay. which sounds kind of horror movie-ish, but uh, I, it's safe, I swear. Uh, I looked up... <laughs> I looked up a set of 20 questions that were done by this kind of like college website to like look at your previous year and help you like assess how it went and how you feel about it. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah. Okay. So we're, go- we're both going to do it. So it won't be so interviewy today. So we're, we're, okay. we're, we're, we both have to share this burden. But I'm going to get... And when, when we do it, when we get to it, I'm going to get you just to choose like numbers between 1 to 20 and we'll pick the questions <laughs> randomly that way. Okay. Uh, okay. But first of all, because um, there was a thing I wanted to talk to you about, which was uh, the unlikely story of Felix and Macabre. Mm-hmm. 
because you're currently trying to get that funded through uh, a website that I was previously unaware of, but it seems very cool, which is called Unbound. So tell me, first of all, how you got in touch with those guys. Uh, well, Unbound came through, uh, um, you know, I don't actually remember how... I think it was just like a it was just like a, a pitch on Twitter. Like they just did like a Twitter thing where they took pictures for like an hour, um, and I just like sent them like the first five pages of uh, Felix and Macabre, and then like months later I got an email back, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we would, like we would love to see more of this." And by that point we kind of got this whole like thirty page chapter done, um, and I just sent them the thirty page chapter thing, and they were like, "Yeah, we'd love the look of it. We'd love to put it on the website." And then we just sort of figured out the the, the sort of fine details after that. But Unbound, not a lot of people have heard of it. I think it's it's relatively new, um, and they haven't done a ton of comic stuff so far. They've got a handful, but it, mostly it's been books, uh, like novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're they're essentially like a Kickstarter platform, but they um, they are they exist as like an actual publisher. So when it's it's not just like kind of like a we raise money and then we take your money and then we print the book ourselves and then whatever it's like we raise money for it for them to print the book and for them to manage the publication and distribution and all that kind of stuff because i think for us we were really excited me and juni uh, who's my uh, collaborator on it uh, we were excited to try and get it into like the hands of like a younger audience maybe than we would necessarily have access to so we were hoping or looking for somewhere that would have those sort of this is really boring and like corporate, but have those channels of distribution to get it into like libraries or schools and things like that. But it's it's important though because that's a, that's a kind of around about what I wanted this first segment to be about is because you know you hear comic professionals being interviewed all the time and they live in a world that most of us who are trying to get into comics don't know or don't can't really understand or have access to because most of their stuff is done for them by the publishers so most of us who are trying to crack in um and you know professionals will even tell you the best way to crack in is to make a few comics yourself and try and get it off the ground that way and get attention and get experience those sort Mm -hmm. of stuff are there that's vital like you know it's it's uh because when you kickstart stuff you have yeah you have copies but how do you get them how do you get people to to see the the comic outside of your own circle of of people you know yeah well there was there was a, a fun thing from ryan k Lindsay, um who he's also got an, i don't know when this this will go out but he's also got an amazing book that's coming out like really soon called eternal with eric zawadzki which you should check out um but he's done like a whole bunch of kickstarts i think he's done like six and he was talking about how he likes them because um you only have to for the most part you only have to promote like one thing you've got like a month like 30 days to be, to be like, hey, we're making this one book, like get a copy of it. But it only goes and it only exists for those people that like that, that are there for that moment. And then you move on to the next thing. And that's the problem with comics generally, though, isn't it? It's like everything kind of feels very like transient. Like if you missed it one week, it comes out. It's like next week, it's old news. And every week that passes by after that, it's super old news, which is kind of a problem when you try to like fund something for Unbound as well. Or generally is that as time goes on, it kind of does it lose interest? Hopefully not, because we're updating and adding new pages for you to read all the time. Um, but yeah, it's like we. I think because it, it's got like an all ages element to it, and it, like it's not exclusively like a kids book. Um, I think it deals with things that are very adult, um, but it also comes at it from the approach where I think is accessible to a younger audience, and, and a lot of it's about like to- toxic masculinity um, and sort of the faded nature of of dreams and a life that maybe you've made a series of like questionable decisions in. So there's kind of like, hopefully it works on layers where like a kid who's like 14 or 13 is probably not going to read that and be like, 
that's like a guy going through a midlife crisis who's writing this. But also, there's someone who uh, maybe is in the slightly older generation who's reading it, going, "Oh yeah, I fully get where this guy's coming from." Um, so, but we, but part of it is I wanted to get it into the hands of, a, hopefully, anyway, I want to get it into the hands of a younger audience because I think that's where it's got a, uh, maybe like a strong message for a, for a young kind of uh, base as well. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and that kind of leads me onto the next thing of of because uh, you're working with Juni on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Who kind of came to who first? Like you know, when when did that start? He sent me a message. This was a long time ago now. I think it was like the end of twenty sixteen or or something. It's quite a while. Um, he just sent me like a message through uh, YouTube through Strip Bound Naked and sort of said like, "Hey, you know, I really like your stuff. Um, just wanted to show you some of my work. Like, I'd love to see what you think, sort of thing." And uh, I went and looked at his website and looked at a couple of his comics and literally like it was like two or three pages in. I was like, I'm, I like this guy's amazing. Like, I just yeah. loved his work immediately. Had tons of character, tons of spirit, and I just wanted to. I just felt like I had to like make something with him. You know, it's like sometimes you just see something that just sparks, and you're like, I can't not at least pitch him. And I'd, like, I'd hate myself if I didn't at least sort of say like, Would you work on something with me? And it didn't take very long for me to like come up with something to pitch to him. Um, just because like, when I saw his work, it was like the thing that I love so much was like his designs. His designs are just incredible. He's and, very different in a lot of ways. Like I wouldn't see many artists out there like him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, that must that must inspire what like story you come up with for him then because like when you see that you're like I have to write to his strength. Yeah, yeah. I, all I just I just wanted him to draw weird stuff. That was mm. that was all that was in my head. I was like, what can I come up with? Like, what's super weird? And I was like, monsters are weird, and monsters have got like an infinite possibility of things that you could design them around and draw them uh, and draw on them. And then you've got like all the stuff around monsters, like transport, um, buildings, like syst- like school systems, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's like a like a whole bunch of stuff that you can design around monsters and. It's nice because it's still you can still frame them within some sort of kind of reality, um, but with monsters it just had to, and that was that was all that was in my head was like monsters, and then I had to go and figure out the story after that. But monsters was just this I just couldn't get monsters out of my head, and <laughs> like I think maybe the first email I sent to him was literally just something like I don't know what it is yet, but I know it's monsters, and I think he replied going like I'm in, and I was like okay cool, <laughs> we'll, fig- we'll figure the rest out later, but I'm not, but I'm glad that you're in. So when you what what inspired you then outside once you had the monsters in in mind because mm-hmm. what you're dealing with then is not typical monster fair in the sense that you're talking about toxic masculinity and stuff like that like <laughs> yeah. like that's that is a slight disconnect in a sense so what what brought you to that point well we had spoke a little bit um just a tiny little bit about ourselves to each other me and Junie. i think we'd done this before this stage um because you know he i think he'd ask about like my name or something or i'd ask about his name something like that and we found that we had uh, sort of a kind of similar background in that we both had a african dad right mm. and it there's some of our like I, it's a hard thing to describe because he he experienced not in England and I experienced in England, but both had a similar experience with a father who was from like a different culture than the culture around us at the time. And at the time of us being young, they were still in a way kind of adjusting to the difference in culture. And so we kind of like had struck up a chord about this about this uh, one little kind of unique little nugget of our history. To, and um, 
just extrapolating from that, I, it was about like the idea of manhood, and I was like, if there's something that we can both relate to emotionally, right? Something that we can both connect to. So, how, what what is there in that that we can kind of extrapolate? And there was this idea of a very sort of like stoic sort of man, and uh, my dad is very much like that. Oh, not so much now, I suppose, but when I was younger, I very much saw him like that, and I think that was part of like he had a very very different upbringing than I had as, as a kid. And um, I think, you know, the same with June's father. Um, and so we were trying to figure out ways that we can make that work into the story. And then it just started to play out when I was thinking, it just started to play out of a, uh, like a documentary that I made a few years ago about wrestling. Um, and it was all these big old British wrestlers, like, like fit Finley and stuff. These uh, dudes who were like really strong, muscly men. And then we interviewed like a bunch of people who were like 20 years old. And we, they talked like with such admiration for these older stars. And that, like, they, you know, it, it was like these young wrestlers who were going to give everything. They got crazy injuries. They, some have been addicted to like painkillers. They'd gone through all this insane damage to their bodies before they were even like 25 years old. And they were work. They were just wrestling like all the time, like every week. And then we'd speak to these like wrestlers who were like 60 years old and they were like, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, I wish I just, not that I wish I hadn't been a wrestler, but I wish I'd managed my time better. I wish I'd realized I didn't need to do it. Whereas like losing relationships with my, with my family and my loved ones. Yeah. And then I would, we'd go and interview these like 20 year old wrestlers and they would just be saying these things. And I, in my head, I was like, I wish I could sit you both down together and have one of you like explain to the <laughs> other one, like the mistakes. And that's, and then it, it sort of came from there. And it, it was this idea um, that like, what is a what does a man look like? And there was a really cool quote from a guy called Marty Skull, who's a British wrestler. Um, oh, I know him well from the film. Oh, you know Marty? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so, I met him uh, a couple of weeks back at an Irish show. He comes over to uh, the OTT, which is uh, the big Irish indie company, a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Well, there you go. So he was in the film. We interviewed him, and he said that the first time he ever saw what a man was was when he saw ultimate warrior on tv and he's like his dad wasn't around and that was like to him like that was what a man looked like and i thought that was such a interesting thing like to like if you're if you're without a father around and what you see as as a man is like this over the top larger than life big muscle because ultimate warrior was he's a monster in a way ripped, right like, yeah yeah, he was, he yeah. his own monster and so that was it sort of all blended in together and we kind of made it all just sort of mishmashed together and eventually we got this story of uh you know this old monster who's an old like wrestling champion macabre and he's in his sort of retirement days and he's kind of lonely and isolated and he's given everything to become this sort of legendary figure and this young kind of bullied frail little monster felix who sees him and thinks like that's what a man is that's what i need to be yeah, I'm fascinated by the idea of, of what you were saying as well about putting those younger guys with the older guys and trying to get them to listen. And I'm in my head, I'm 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 questioning like, would they listen? Like, would like a young <laughs> wrestler in his twenties who's so like hyped for this even listen to the old guy? Because like sometimes you get those guys and they're like, oh, what do you know, man? It was different in your day. Like, you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I'm gonna be like so. I, I'm not gonna fall into the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's it's a kind of I- a it's a circle, isn't it? Well, I think I think sometimes when you're in like a when you're in like a really intense situation that you sometimes I don't you don't necessarily realize that it's intense or that you're even in it until you've come out the other end of it. And I think that's that's a big problem. And especially with, you know, masculinity for uh, like young kids is I don't think uh, you will. I don't think you realize 
as when you're a kid, the pressures that are being put on you. And I don't think you can start to understand them until you come out the other side when you're an adult. And I, by that point, a lot of the time, it's kind of too late to to make significant changes because that's where you're developing. And it's I, I don't know what impression we can make, but if we can create something that gives people the opportunity to kind of like look at the world around them and look at their life a little bit differently and hopefully just pose and answer a couple of questions about what they might be going through. Like that was always the intention with it, but it's, 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 it's difficult. And it's, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to say like, I like our little comics going to change like the way that people view masculinity as a child, mm. but there's all these things around that. I think maybe you don't have chance to reflect on when you are, you know, like 10 years old or whatever. Well, yeah. it still makes sense to you. No, but it's, it's kind of, it's that thing of as well as that, it's 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 in a way it's it's when we talk about diversity and stuff like that like people need to see examples of themselves in the media they consume and i think mm-hmm. it's the same within characterizations of people like because i'm not going to do a, like men have it so hard thing because i know we don't <laughs> but you know like you said is that idea of like when you're a kid you see these examples of masculinity and you think that's what it's supposed to be and and the more mm-hmm. examples of you know a softer man or or a more complicated version of you know what it is to be be a man you know mm-hmm. the more kind of different representations of that the more a kid can maybe not fall into those traps of well i'm supposed to be like the ultimate warrior like it's yeah yeah, yeah. you need that but it gives you the choice at least to to not have to be a certain thing and i i think for you know i certain kind of kids will lean into certain modes of, of of whatever it means to be man to be a man like certain modes of manhood you know certain kids will will fall into a certain kind of pocket of um what it like you know like with the wrestlers and kind of looking at those older wrestlers and thinking like that's what a man is because they didn't have a male role model in some in some circumstances but the problem is that like when we think of uh, like if i say to you now what is a man regardless of if you agree with it you'll have an impression in your head of what that means and for the most part i'd hazard to guess that it would be that kind of like stoic sort of father figure potentially yeah Yeah, that kind of like that uh gruff caregiver in a way (laughs) it's it's yeah yeah it's it's, and and that's the thing too is that uh you know just because whatever there's a lot of daddy issue like stories within superhero (laughs) comic books yeah but it's always like you said in the sense of like maybe not having a father figure around i mean if you look at so many of the the superhero comics that are presented to us is like most more often than not they've lost a father figure mm-hmm. uh but like you know you're talking about it coming from it like you know having a father figure growing up and how mm-hmm. like that's still that doesn't mean that you don't have daddy issues <laughs> 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 It's, it's 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 such a weird thing to like to to think about because again it's like i don't think you and i didn't even think maybe that i have thought too much about it until we'd sort of started work on this um but there are there are it's just i think especially in our situation where we had this father from another culture and i think that allows you a little bit easier maybe to reflect on on what your childhood was like growing up and the sort of things that because I think because because you can I can like look at my dad now, uh, like historically when I was a kid and kind of think like some of those things are kind of weird because he was bringing that over from like another culture, um, and the same with you know I spoke to this with Junie about this as well and it's like particularly in a, a culture everything feels I think because from a different culture everything feels a bit more heightened so it's like the things that he was bringing over that felt unnatural felt particularly unnatural because they were so alien to what I would see around me with like other kids with like 
white dads or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was, there's just little things like we wanted to bring in. And I, I don't know, there's tons of little bits and pieces like that that we kind of try to, to bring into the, the story. And I think the, the, the fun part for me is that I'm right. I re- I've wrote, written a lot of this stuff and then sent it to Junie. And he's kind of been like, oh, that's like exactly like what I was like when I was a kid. Like that's exactly a moment I had like when I was a kid and stuff. So I feel like we are tapping into something um you know communal in a way so we'll see obviously when it's finished we'll see what people think but i feel like it's going in a good direction that i've completely gone off the topic of the question but (laughs) that was fine this is what this is what podcast long form podcasts are for (laughs) this is why we give ourselves an hour to talk about it because we can keep looping back around (laughs) but it's i was just thinking the same thing though is it's because i when i wrote i haven't i wrote a, a a story kind of about my dad which i didn't mean to write when i wrote it because i know you're very (laughs) conscious of writing your story in connection with your father and that that, that's kind of nice to be able to look at it in that sense i kind of did it subconsciously when i wrote swift which (laughs) is a story that you lettered uh for me that came out last year um and i didn't realize until i kind of had had made it and 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 looked back and it says oh yeah this is totally about me and my dad because the whole story is about for listeners who haven't read it which is probably most of you um (laughs) (laughs) you should read it it's very good thank you very much uh it's uh yeah it was a story about a kid who who learns that he's uh his whole family are superheroes and that he's about to be a superhero too and he's only 16 um and his dad is this big kind of you know uh luke cage type you know hulking figure of a man um and uh he you know he he wants to kind of you know live up to what his his dad's expectations are but uh he realizes he's a very different person he wants to really paint he doesn't want to beat up superheroes Mm -hmm. he just kind of wants to stay in his room and paint pictures (laughs) um and uh I thought that was just fun to talk about someone not wanting to take over the family business. But mm-hmm. in reality, it was, it, in hindsight, it was kind of, because I went to film school, uh, which we talked about the last time we did a podcast. Uh, and uh, my dad, you know, was a milkman and like a truck <laughs> driver for years. And so the idea of even just doing, going to film school and making short films and stuff like that was like when I was trying to, when I came home and tried to like talk to him about what I'd been up to, like I could see his eyes glazing over enough from a lack of love or interest on his part but just just not being able to understand Mm -hmm. uh wanting such different things and not just like going and getting a job uh yeah so uh yeah it's kind of yeah it's it's interesting how those things come out sometimes Um, when did you realize when did you realize that that was what you'd written it about or at least that that had been like you know a subconscious sort of informing of it i think i think it was i think we had I think we'd printed it up. I think it was probably about a month after because we launched the Thought Bubble last year, which was October. And I think it was about a month after that that I realized that that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's what happened. And it was only through, I guess, trying to tell people about the comic <laughs> um, and realizing how I was explaining the interactions of, between the characters and stuff like that that it, yeah, it became a little bit clear to me. Um, and it was funny too because um, you read uh, a, a comic that I, uh, I had made uh, earlier in the year called Frozen Waste, mm-hmm. uh, which was about a guy, um, which I, I was blatantly telling people I wrote that about a breakup that I had, um, <laughs> and that was fine. But then there was a someone who reviewed the comic, and they really went into depth in depth about like the characters' motivations in the comic and stuff like that, and they talked mm-hmm. about 
how toxic the guy was and how <laughs> uh how how like you know because the the storyline was that he was like afraid of getting hurt again so he was avoiding yeah. like emotional uh, relationships with people but then he talked about how like but you know that's silly because him avoiding pain just causes pain and suffering for everyone around him and i was just kind of like oh shit <laughs> because <laughs> that was a very personal comic that i wrote and i was like oh man that i almost got a free therapy session from a comic reviewer <laughs> that's what you've got to own it that's what you've got to be like yes exactly that's exactly the point of the comic well done yeah. and then you go and have your little cry and then you go back again, you know? I, yeah. I, I think i spent a lot of time in my own head i think for uh to, to for, for the stuff that i write to not be specifically about you know, that I, that I couldn't just give you the nugget. Like, it's not necessarily a thing that I would particularly, like, say out loud. It's not like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, this idea it was born out of this this one moment that was, like, what, 14 and blah, blah, blah. I, I, would, I wouldn't be brave enough to, like, go into the detail about it. But I could tell you in broad strokes, you know, <laughs> the sort of, like, where it comes from inside me. Um, but I like to, I, for me personally, I always like to try and figure that stuff out before before i write because if i but again this is very different for for loads of different people like so many people that i've interviewed as well for stuff like panel by panel and, and triple naked and stuff they say that a lot of that stuff they don't realize that it comes like like you were saying you like you don't realize until afterwards like actually you're working something out mm -hmm. um i think for me i like to try and figure it out before i write anything down just so i can like really get depressed and like mine in that <laughs> and really you know, just, like really go deep into that that sort of well of despair it's and like, it's like method about. writing in a way <laughs> Yeah, I, I just feel like if it's there, like uh, for me, it's like I'm probably not going to be super interested in writing anything that isn't that doesn't come from somewhere like that means something to me. But again, I'm not saying this in the way where it almost sounds like I'm sort of disparaging everyone else that doesn't write like this. I'm not that's not obviously not what I mean. But like for me personally, it's like I, I'm I need to figure out where it comes from before I can start writing. Otherwise, it like bothers me the whole time. Yeah, because I'm just like what am I writing about here, and sometimes I've because I've written stuff where I'm like. I'm like I, I know what this is, and I, you know I know what this is about, and then I finish it, and I look at it. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Like, what is this about? Do you know? It's like, sorry, I just I corrected myself after I'd already swore, so that, that was no use. No, um, but I was like, yeah, what, what is this about? And then I've kind of gone back through it and been like, oh, this is this is not what I thought it was about, at, like at all. Like even down to like noticing fragments of conversation and being like, oh, this was about something completely different, uh, and then having to just go back for. And I spent too much time rewriting stuff like that. To, so I just like before I start now, I'm just like, let's just really figure out like what part of you is gonna you're gonna ruin you know for the future now, and then we'll we'll dive into it. Yeah, I get paranoid sometimes that other people can see how blatantly I'm like <laughs> being a bitch like about them because I was I'm I'm writing a new story at the moment and um I, I won't tell any plot details about it yet but uh I was reading like the kind of uh the first chunk of this the first arc of the story uh to to my wife Darcy the other day and she kept laughing at certain points even though horrible things were happening in the story but she was like recognizing how I was basically working out my issues with certain people <laughs> it's like so i'm talking no, about think, someone like dying horrifically <laughs> no yeah i think that i think that's i think that's what it should be about like i don't think there's any i don't think like for me anyway i don't think there's any there's no point in me making something where i'm not trying to figure something out like i think maybe we talked about this last time but like if you look at the films that i've made right the first one is about like masculinity this documentary which 
And sort of the feature films anyway. The first one's about masculinity, which speaks to me very clearly, as we could, you could probably tell. Mm. And then the second one was about like people who were really con- like concerned that they'd made like terrible dis- like decisions in their life, even when they were just like 21 years old. And then the next one was about people who were heading into like longer term relationships and thinking like, have I made a bad like the wrong decision, or have I you know, or have I made the right decision? Like, how will I ever know? And then the latest one was about um, people who were stuck in a job that they didn't necessarily wasn't like you know the perfect version of their job and they thought it was fine until like one little thing happened and then they realized that like that their life doesn't really have the meaning they attributed to it in the first place so all those things are very like clear now i'm saying that again now i'm saying that stuff out loud that makes it sound like i picked a terrible job and i hate helen which is not the case <laughs> but there are, at, at certain points you like you have these moments of reflection i think that's what i like to dig into with the stuff that i make is is like trying to come up with some kind of resolution because otherwise it just it i can feel it like in the back of my head just it just sits there so i need to figure out a way of getting it out yeah i, I remember talking to um i had a few friends who were who were songwriters and musicians for a while and um there was uh one guy and he was a couple uh him and his girlfriend i i knew them both well and there was a couple songs that were clearly about their relationship and they were <laughs> not very positive at all and i asked her is like how do you feel about these songs written about you that are kind of like tough to listen to and she just goes if it helps them it helps them i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i guess everyone has to work it out in some way <laughs> yeah i think i think it's healthier to tell the world how fucked up you are than it is to just leave it in your head and be like, everything's cool, I'm perfectly normal. Because, like, that, again, is like a version of toxic toxic masculinity where it's like we're too afraid to talk about, like, how weird we all are as individuals. Because our weirdness as individuals is the thing that makes us not individual because we're all just super weird and we all just think weird fucking stuff from time to time. And sometimes it is just healthier, in my opinion. Depends what it is, I guess. But sometimes (laughs) it's just healthier, in my opinion, just to, like, get it out because... The amount of times, you know, like the amount of times, like I've read like a novel, and something, and something's happened in that in a in a book, and I'm like, oh, I'm not the only person in the world that feels like that, or like I'm not the only person in the world that has seen that, or has done that, or felt that, or thought that, and I think that's really powerful. Like you talked about, like you mentioned, I think, right, it's like seeing yourself in in kind of the stories and stuff, and it's like I think that is, I don't know, I don't know if people don't realize how powerful that is, but that is unbelievably powerful when you see a version of yourself that you. Be- before that believed was only attributable to you to see that in, you know, on a book on a shelf or whatever. I think that's, it's just incredible to be able to see that. It makes you feel like you aren't alone, which is again, super powerful. This is getting really weird. This is turning to therapy. No. Oh, wait, dude, wait, do you see the questions we're going to answer in a minute? <laughs> um, they get, they get much worse. Trust me. But yeah, and it, but it's the thing as well as, is also, uh, I think from, from our point of view for writing these stories and then, having anybody read them and go like oh man i told this is so me or whatever like it's it's also great you know it's great for us to put it out there for someone else to feel that way but it's also really great for us to put it out there and have (laughs) someone else go yeah no it's okay don't worry about it (laughs) same way you are looking for validation like with with every story you should come like the little clause of like just confirm that i'm not weird like you (laughs) someone else has noticed this too sort of thing but that's 
I think that's all art, right? Because it's like you know, like it's even comedy, even like in the broadest of like comedians, the the um, observational comedy of like, hey, airplane food or whatever. You're just looking for someone else to validate your own responses to things, um, and we are very needy as people, super needy as people. But sometimes, you know, you do just want a bit of validation that you aren't crazy and alone. Oh yeah, and we've, I mean, we and we have really obvious, powerful examples of that recently, like with the whole Me Too movement and like just how mm-hmm. much that took hold and and how it still is kind of like you know yep. uh, pushing a lot of great things because like you said just hearing that someone else is going through the same shit and and that can be various levels of shit of like super serious levels <laughs> or just like don't does anyone ever feel like just ripping their toe off like that kind of thing you know? <laughs> um, you, you, you're alone in that one yeah that's that. <laughs> That's one you shouldn't have said out loud. Toenails freak me out. Okay, <laughs> this is the thing. I I have a constant fear of having a toenail ripped off, and so I would just be oh. happier in life if I just had a stump of a foot. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. At okay. me, guys. At me. If you feel the same, <laughs> at me. <laughs> there's no coming back from that. No, there? there's not. All right. So this yeah, is this that's... is a nice this is a nice point to move on then. Okay. So so yeah. So it seems as we're we're recording like just just after the first week of of January. So it's still very much kind of New Year territory. And and I will put this up in the next day or so. So it won't be very long before it goes up. Uh, okay. So um, I thought me and you because we we did a podcast last year and this is our first kind of time touching base since then. Um, looking back at 2017 um and talking about how it was for us uh so yeah i this these questions were all originally aimed at college students so i just the only thing i changed was like some nouns so when they said like <laughs> in the classroom i put in in the industry <laughs> okay okay <laughs> and, and stuff right. like that so uh give me a number I'm between i'm intrigued yeah i'm scared but um i'm interested <laughs> as well uh so give me a number between one and twenty Wait, are we both going to answer the same question, or are we going to like, are yeah. we alternating questions? No, okay, we're cool. We're both going to answer the same question because then, therefore, no one gets like an easier one, and that we can be a, begrudge <laughs> each other for. So sorry, between one and twenty. Yeah, twenty. Oh, twenty. Okay. All right. What advice would you give to people starting out in comics next year? Uh oh. I the only advice that I can ever give about literally anything is just to start doing it because I I, I always think back to like when I started Strip Pound Naked and I like I, we probably talked about this last time but I like did the first episode six months or eight months or something before I ever actually released it and I always just think like oh, I wish I'd kind of I wish I just released it like eight months ahead of that like, I wish I just got it going a little bit earlier um, and seen and known what difference that would have made or like if if I kept the ball rolling. Or just knowing what like that I've had a bit of a jump start because eight months is a hell of a long time as I feel the like the rings of time slowly like compound on me. But I wish, yeah, I think just get started. Like I was, I was talking to a friend the other day and they they were saying like they were kind of a bit sick of their job and they what they really wanted to do was kind of like something to do with like hardware, like um uh, like making hardware or designing hardware or something. Oh. And I just said to him, like, why don't you just take, like, a class or something? Like, get started or, or, like, do an online course and spend an hour a week or something just doing it now. And he said, which is how everyone feels probably, is that, like, oh, that it just it's just too impossible. It's too big a mountain to climb. And I was like, right. But one step at a time and in a year, a year will fly by. And before you know it, you've got a year's worth of these one-hour sessions on your belt. And you might be in a position to do something about it. Um 
so that's probably the only good advice I can give is just if you want to do it, just spend whatever you know time you have available to you learning how to do it, trying to do it, um, getting feedback on what you're doing. But actually, but just put some hours in every single week, even if it is just one hour, even if it's half an hour, even if it's ten minutes, just something to get the ball going. Yeah, my other thing, uh, kind of on the back of that, would be uh, is just kind of sometimes there's people when they when they make stuff they're they're nervous to show anybody it because they don't think it's good enough mm-hmm. um and I, to a certain extent i can understand that because you know it's a it's it's a nervous thing to to make this you know uh artistic project from the heart and, and to put it out there but mm-hmm. um you have to let go sometimes to, to because <laughs> sometimes you'll get stuck on that one project because of it. Like you don't, you don't make the second project and you don't learn from the first project until you've done it and put it out there and heard people's mm-hmm. thoughts on it. And then you can kind of learn and, and try the next one and make the next one better. Cause some people try and make their first project perfect and the best thing in the world. And yep. I think, I think letting go of the idea that like, sure, it might not be perfect, but Hey, I did it. And now I can do something else as well. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So don't be afraid to, to just just finish that w- first one and and even warts and all, just put it out there because you know what? Half the time, most other people don't see the problems that you do with it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just put it out there and own it, and you'll be surprised how many people love it and not and not see the problems that you do. That's a good point as well because once if you once you've got a thing out and you move on to the next thing and then you get that out you've now got like two things and it's and it's comics well anything really is about proving that you can do it and doing something once I I don't know that that is proof that you can do it but doing something twice and you know three times and four times and five times that proves that you can do that Espe- um, especially in an industry where they expect you to to make new content like once a month you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. so if you just do the one thing they don't know you can back it up with a second one they don't know how long it took you to do that one one either so they, they don't necessarily trust you for that either yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right uh number number uh 12 all right. Um, Twelve is what is something you taught other creators this year? <laughs> that's, that's a hard one. <laughs> uh, is there something you think that you a piece of advice that you think someone took on board? That you did? Is there is there something that you did this year that you think resonated with somebody else? So that could, that probably applies pretty well to you because you did so much <laughs> comics criticism. So you, is there one thing that you did last year that you think a lot of people connected with as far as like panel by panel or uh, strip panel naked is concerned? Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose it's not probably not for me to say, but I mean, panel by panel had a good response. Does that count or does it need to be something more specific than that? No, I'll, I'll go with that. Like in general, just putting that out there and getting a good response specifically. Because I mean, that's, I guess... Because what's this question? What is something you taught other creators this year? <laughs> you guess you taught them that people really wanted a Comics Digest. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, sure, that's, that's an answer. I think no, the only thing I can think, I can't, I don't know. Because ed- I've edited a few things this year, but I don't, don't want to be like specifically like taught this thing or whatever. But I remember having a conversation with some uh, creators about, um, about like editing uh, and the need for schedules, the need for deadlines. And it's sort of it's something that you said, like, you know, a second ago about, on the other question was about, like, you know, knowing when to let things go. And I think when you're making your own work, it's easy to 
just just keep going until you're until you're like you know i've got this as, as, as very good as i can possibly ever get it but there's also a point at which you kind of almost want to say to yourself like you know let's just set a deadline and let's just get this done to this deadline rather than just spend as much time as, on this as it takes instead let's say well i've got you know a day for this page or a day for this page blah blah blah, blah. and let's just work to those deadlines and let's see what i can do um because i because that, that sounds quite bad but i don't think that like so i think in some cases setting a deadline is quite interesting because with restriction i think comes creativity in some in some uh, some cases and sometimes when you know that you've only got like a few hours to do a certain thing it's like you you think like you think outside the box a bit more you think like well my traditional way would just be to do this but i don't have time to do that so what else can i do what can i do that sparks this really interesting creative piece of work but i I only have to do it in four hours or whatever um it's a really weird like rambly answer but i think that was that was i remember giving that bit of advice to someone and i I think they took it on board i don't know yeah that's that's a good thing because like concentrating your focus is important when you're working because you know when you're making comics you're working on your own and you're you know home or whatever most of the time so uh it can be easy to be distracted and stuff like that so like yeah that, that is that is good advice the thing that i taught other creators this year was to not fuck with me okay so um <laughs> give me another number <laughs> five five okay uh what is your favorite publisher in the industry and why Ooh. Oh, at the moment, Marvel, because they hired me to write a piece about Vision. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> they, they published it. That was pretty cool. That's a nice soft plug there. <laughs> yeah. The Vision hardcover out Wednesday um, in two days. Oh, is it? it, it this goes out. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was that? Did you feel any pressure when you were asked to do that to kind of be kind? Well, I love that book anyway. So, so there was no worry there. Like you weren't you weren't worried <laughs> yeah. about like well like, I kind of want to say this, but does that come across as maybe like critical and I maybe should not I should leave it out of this. But like no, I think I said I think I mentioned something about how like Gabe Wall. I, I spent a lot of time talking about how amazing Gabe Walter was. Um, probably more so than like anyone else that worked in that book. Um, he got the most of the mentions. Like Jordy and Tom King and uh, Clayton Cowles got like a little bit, but like if I remember it, anyway, it's been a while since I read it, but like. I remember just saying like a, like um, like basically just gushing about how good Gabe Walter was, and you can like and, and you know you can see that in the director's cut when you see the scripts and the and the sort of layouts and stuff like what Gabe brings to those pages beyond what are written in the uh, written in the script. So no, not really. I just love, I just because I love that book. Like if they were, if he was like, hey, do you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't really. I don't read books that I don't like. So I don't really know what a good example of a book I don't like is um, <laughs> Doomsday Clock. If they were like, hey, do you want to talk about Doomsday? I'd be like, yeah, I'm all right. I'll talk about Watchmen instead. <laughs> um yeah i mean it's an easy like it feels like a cop out if i said like image um because you know i feel like everybody loves image and they're great uh so what i might say is i kind of i'm a bit fascinated by black mask at the moment Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're put they're not putting out a million books but the couple books they are putting out seem quite cool and and uh and they're getting good feedback and stuff like that so uh, maybe they're not my favorite publisher but they're uh they're on my picks of one to watch i guess is is a is a better way of putting it uh because it's just boring to say image otherwise (laughs) um so uh yeah another number Uh, uh, eight. eight all right uh, what are the three most important things you learned this year? Uh, the most important one was to to take better care of myself. Uh, mm. I I've worked I've worked way too much uh, in 2017. Like 
just really quite disgusting amounts of work. Um, and I think I was like super close to being like, I can't do anything ever again. Um, so the first one was to not work too much. The second one is basically the same thing, which was to figure out what you, your priorities are. Um, like what do you, what do you actually want to do? What do you actually want to spend your time working on? What do you actually want to get out of it? Um, and the third one was to focus less or not worry so much about, uh, money. Oh. I think this is like a, that's like a weird Northern thing where again, having like a foreign dad who came from not, <laughs> not a particularly wealthy background and then growing up in the North not particularly wealthy. Um, uh, a lot of focus in my life has been through, you know, like growing up and stuff has been put on like money, like making sure you've got enough money to pay the rent, making sure you've got enough money to pay your bills, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so like that compounded with like me working too much, and this idea of like being like scared, especially because the industry I worked in, like uh, being scared about, you know, like well, I've got to keep, I've got to work all the time just in case I never get a job ever again, sort of thing. Um, but then taking those three things, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't think we talked about this last time, but I remember I, I was, I went on a trip to America with a couple of friends like a few years ago, three, four years ago, and uh, one of my friends is, uh, I think she's in like, like early early forties. So she's got, she's got like a 10, 15 years on me and she had taken a year out of a job, like just a full on like gap year essentially. Um, and she was living on almost no money, like enough to pay her rent, enough to, uh, mortgage, enough to pay her bills, et cetera, et cetera, and have a little bit of money. And she, the rest, she was just kind of living a bit off savings. And she said it was like the happiest she'd ever been. And she, she realized that she didn't even really want to go back to having a full-time job anymore. And that having that year off and living cheaper showed her that she didn't really need to be spending as much money as she was spending every month. Like she didn't need that to be happy. She was just as happy, if not happier on this limited, like minuscule budget. Um, and it took a while for that to sink in, I think, but I think this past year it's sunk in quite, quite heavily. Um, so I've been kind of figuring out a way of kind of, you know, reassessing my life a little bit so that I can kind of, put more focus on being happier and have a bit more spare time to relax and enjoy myself. That super, super therapeutic answer, super uh, <laughs> depressing. Well, honestly, like as a working class Dubliner, like I completely understand that pressure. And uh, as also a guy who's unemployed and broke right now, uh, <laughs> completely understand. But uh, yeah, no, it, it is that that was that was always a fear for me about trying something like this. Because uh, you know, you to 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 throw yourself into something kind of artistic, where the the chance of you know payment is often kind of nebulous. Uh, mm -hmm. It's you know it's terrifying to kind of you know give up a stable you know dead end job that doesn't give you much time to focus on that um, to to do it. So uh, yeah, that is that is a terrifying thing. I, I ended up getting made redundant by my job like three years ago, which gave me like yeah. a year's salary. Um, and so that gave me the impetus to achieve it a try but uh yeah it was um yeah i can understand that entirely um i guess uh, my three would be uh patience um <laughs> yeah that's a huge one um because like in 2016 i started a bunch of projects but none of them came out until 2017 um, mm -hmm. and the weight in between was a nightmare <laughs> uh, because you know all the things I've done previously has have had a quick turnaround like comics is probably mm -hmm. the longest process that I've ever had to deal with uh, yeah yeah 
and so uh, and especially when you like because when you're the writer and you're the first like step in the ladder and then you know you're waiting on everybody else after that uh, it, yeah it's particularly hard for me so uh, so that was something that I had to learn in the last year um, I'd say uh, dealing with disappointment <laughs> <laughs> is another uh, I'll, I'll get specific about this is that um, so uh, most of my year was a, a kind of a big build up to Thought Bubble uh, Thought Bubble was going to be the biggest kind of comic convention that I will will have done in, in 2017 and uh, it was towards the end of the year and by then all my comic projects that I had ready for 2017 would have been finished and ready to, to print and so it, that was going to be my big kind of like uh, the 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 climax to my year to to a large extent. Uh, mm-hmm. And when and when I got there, um, and um, and I had very uh, a very kind of minimal interest uh, from the the general goers uh, at Thought Bubble. Uh, it really hit me hard, and it really kind of knocked me for six and. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it took me like a month to recover from it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so I had to, I had to kind of learn how to kind of maybe steal myself and and maybe be more prepared for things like that uh, in the, in the future. And then the other thing I learned was that I needed to to really start focusing on 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 pitching to publishers uh, yeah. because having you know I I put the work into making like seven different kind of uh, self-published comics. Um, you know, not seven different titles, but seven different issues of, of you know, four different titles. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's great. And that's something that I think everyone should do. They need to kind of make self-published stuff before they can, you know, move on. But I think, you know, I learned last year that it was like, okay, time to now try the next thing, which is, and the next step is pitching the publishers. And I, I kind of, I realized I was at the end of, of that stage uh, to to a certain degree. Not that I'm not going to stop publishing self stuff, but uh, that I need to also focus on the other part of it. Um, so yeah, that's me. Um, yours, yours are all my, mine. Were all like personal, introspective, and yours are all like good. Moving forward, we need to uh, tackle these things. I like that. Yeah, well, I guess <laughs> I guess the part is is that. Um, I, I hate I I'm very I'm an overthinker and I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of us are uh, but um, like even last night I had an existential crisis and I was up until two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> basically wondering what I'm doing with my life um, and so it's, uh, it's it's not a normal weekday if you don't wonder that though <laughs> it's very true it's it, well, it wouldn't be a Monday if not has like, you know <laughs> but uh, so yeah so I guess. It helps me to kind of not overthink about how I'm fucking my life up if I can concentrate <laughs> on my work. And that was part of the of the patience thing, too, is because I was so I'm very ambitious. And so I'm and I'm, and I'm very focused on 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 trying to, to do well in, in, in my career um, mm-hmm. to the point where it is a bit of a problem. And that's why, like, the patience thing had to be learned last year. So I wasn't <laughs> screaming at people going, where's my fucking pages? <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah so yeah i, I need I, that's what that's why i had to focus on the other side of things um all right one to twenty uh where are the good ones what numbers are, are there some of the good ones at oh uh well i mean <laughs> towards the end there are some longer ones um it's longer 17. questions so 
17. 17. Okay. Oh, you got you, you randomly got the one short one in the bunch. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, this is fun. What are six adjectives or adjectives, depending on how you want to pronounce it? Um, what are six adjectives <laughs> that best describe this year? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, oh, shit. That's a hard one. Yeah, I have to first of all remind myself what adjectives are. <laughs> What's adjective? Like a describing word. Descriptive word, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Um, <laughs> For our listeners, Hass, that's what I we're write, describing. I write, I write things. Uh, fuck, that's it. Can we, can we come back to that? I need to think about that one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe, maybe as we answer other ones, we might realize what yeah, words... Clarity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll we'll loop back to that one. So uh, I'll <laughs> I'll do the next one up. I'll do eighteen. Right while we're waiting okay. for that. So knowing what you know now, if you could write a uh, le- oh god, this is go- I, I I'm sorry already that I picked this one. Um, <laughs> knowing what you know now, if you could write a letter to yourself that would travel back in time, so that you would receive it at the start of 2017, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh jeez, uh, just don't go through with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it'll, everything will be a mis- it'll all be a mistake no what i would say is i did something um quite uh dramatic personally at the end of december uh well start of this year end of december end of the end of the year end of december start of this year and it gave me a lot of uh anxiety and stress for like a considerable amount of time leading up to it um uh that was not warranted as is often the case. Um, and so I would say, hey, when all that anxiety and stress kicks in, don't worry about it, which obviously will just compound the anxiety and stress. But uh, that would probably, probably be like, that. It's not, won't be, it won't go as the way you expect it to go. It'll go, it'll go much better. Um, that's super, super specific thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I didn't give you much detail, but that's super specific. <laughs> So my letter would say the money's in the vault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I know. And actually, funnily enough, it would be about money because um, in, a, in a sense, I don't think I really understood at the start of the year uh, how to budget my money so that I can sustain projects coming out um because i kind of went hell for leather and then did a whole bunch of shit and um and then you know i kind of now in a position where i i I don't think i can make another comic for like another eight months because i have to recover from that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so maybe comics are expensive though man they are they're expensive yeah well especially especially for because and that's the weird thing about self-publishing stuff is that more often than not if if you're looking to write like we are um, I know you do lettering, so you're on a, the other end of the of the game as well. Um, but uh, you kind of have to self finance it because you're you're the impetus for it, and so you have to pay for the for the artist and the colorist and the letterer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I was very lucky last year that I had a lot of help in that regard with Red Cube, where I worked at Red Cube Studio. Um, but uh, even with that, like I still just you know I I just the printing cost then um, yeah. and and to, and stuff like that is is a is a hard game to play and you really have to make sure you have enough 
conventions and stuff lined up to try and make those costs back in a timely manner. Um, and <laughs> but obviously, all that also costs money as well. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so that's another cost <laughs> on top of that again to book that. So, uh, so yeah, I don't think I did enough conventions last year to try and help offset the costs of making them. And I don't think I, I think I made too many in a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to set We've got me up for this year. Now. Things. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I've got I've got a whole shelf inside full of my stock, but I, I also <laughs> don't have anything booked in for the foreseeable future to sell those fucking comics. So <laughs> it's all a bit of a mess. So yeah, that I would probably concentrate a little bit more on that if I was sending a letter to myself. I would detail like you know an, an accounting firm or whatever. <laughs> in a... On that subject, though, I did. So I did. Uh... Like so, I thought it was just going to come to me this year, but that's actually next year. So nine years ago, I ten nine years ago, eleven years ago, ten years ago, nine years ago, I nine years ago, I sent a. Um, we'll edit out all the other options and we'll just leave <laughs> that one in. It was D nine years ago. Um, nine years ago, I there's a website called Future Me, and you can email, send yourself an email to the to the future, and it, like you can't read it, you can't access that email uh, until the day it gets sent to you. And like when I was. So I would have been 19 years old. I sent myself a future me email for 10 years. And like, I'm so excited to read what it says because I, <laughs> I think I can vaguely remember it. But it's, and if it's what I think it is, oh my God, it's going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> but I, can't, I cannot wait to read it. So that's, this is about sending letters to yourself. It's just do it because it's I, like, I write one like this week and send it to yourself for 10 years from now. Just because in, in, in like nine and a half years, you'll be like, fuck that thing's coming i can't wait to read it because i can't wait to see how awful i was like like 10 years ago that's what i'm super excited about just uh, was i am i a better or worse person than i was 10 years ago <laughs> we'll, we'll find out uh you took a brave chance in, in in knowing that you would have the same email in 10 years time <laughs> oh i love my, my my email is like my surname Okay. Uh, so I, I love it for its individuality and its almost impossibility to get uh, spelled correctly <laughs> and also in likelihood that like you'd, someone else is going to try and buy it from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah just be my brother but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay uh, another number do, uh, 19 did we do that one no 19, 19. alright we're filling up the end page alright uh, when you consider the oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> when you consider the rest of your life what percentage of what you've learned this year do you think will be useful to you? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because I think, like, as you, my experience of life has been, I, you know, at like 15, I was like, I know everything. And I got to being like 18, and I was like, wow, fuck, I knew nothing when I was 15. And I know everything now. And then I got to like 21, and I was like, oh, God, I knew nothing when I was 18. I know everything now. <laughs> yeah. And every sort of three years, I've just re- like, played that same record um so i'll probably be like oh that i learned the most important thing in my life in that you know like there is look at your life a little bit differently to see what what works for you and how to be happy but in like three years i'll probably be like that that guy was an idiot no one deserves to be happy so i don't think it could just be it mean nothing but i suppose the one the thing i hopefully think from last year i think the biggest as i said before like the biggest lesson i learned was just figure out what you think better about your priorities i don't think the priorities i thought were priorities that were really priorities but i don't know you know those things will change in the future as well when my life changes so 
That's a very difficult question. Yeah, because you, you have to really have like a huge foresight to know <laughs> what you'll give a fuck about in like ten years time. Because um, yeah. like you know, yeah, hopefully I'll still be tr- like making comics, and and hopefully the things I learned in the past year will mean a josh. But if like if it all goes to pot and I'm working in an office somewhere, the last year will mean absolutely nothing to me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's that's a tough thing to gauge. But uh, I mean, I got married last year um and Congrats. so i mean i if nothing else i feel i'll learn stuff from that <laughs> what, what have you learned from your how long have you been married for how many months we got we actually it's we're we're i think two weeks away from our one year anniversary we got married on the 23rd of january last year okay um, so what have you learned that year uh, as someone who who has not i've been me and helen have been going out for it always feels weird to say because it it's been quite a long time since like 2000 and uh, t- 10 or 9 2009 so what's that like 8, eight. Uh, nine, 8 years 8 and a half 8 and a bit years or something yeah, like that yeah uh, you, should pro- you, you should probably know that when your anniversary comes around that's one thing I've learned <laughs> I know what it is I know, I know, I know what it is okay, I good. just don't know how it is time, bl- time blends into after the 8 years yeah what have, so what have you learned in uh, in your year oh, well a lot I mean I mean first of all because like I'm I say stupid shit all the time like that was <laughs> like learning how how dumb I am in in terms of <laughs> tact and bluntness um yeah. like I really don't I I really have lived like 30 odd years without taking other people's feelings into consideration and like, well, that's fine though cuz you're married so <laughs> you can say whatever you want and that's there's no repercussion <laughs> no no um, <laughs> it's a lot more difficult to leave now isn't that how it is not <laughs> That's the point of it, right? Yeah, but I also have to live with the person who's angry with me, so um, that's tough. But uh, yeah, and and I I've been very lucky in the sense that my 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 wife Darcy is is very uh, emotionally intelligent uh, as well as being very intelligent in in any. Way. I was going to say, don't <laughs> preface the word intelligence with emotional. Yeah. That's what. But, but in specifically in 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 terms of emotional intelligence, she's taught me a, a lot in that aspect of of kind of, you know, uh, she's been very good because in previous relationships I've had, I've been the same idiot, uh, <laughs> but I've I've you know been in relationships with people who have just like quietly been pissed off with me, um, or you know may say once that's not cool that you said that, and I go like what it's all good what's going on man? and they just leave it uh and so like again like these are all my problems of of <laughs> of trampling over of over daisies but uh you know darcy's been very good at kind of like you know really helping me cop on and, and understand like why and when i'm doing these awful things um yes. and so that, that's good yeah and it's helpful outside of the marriage then as well <laughs> to be able to just communicate with other humans without making them all annoyed <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question, right? Yeah. So this is because I always love asking people this, and I hope, and I really, no one said yet to me like you shouldn't ask this question. So hopefully, it's a fine question to ask. Okay. But what's been what's been the biggest? How because how long were you together before you got married? Well, crazily, we were we were only together like a year and a half. Like it was it was okay. it was a pretty. Quick... I thought you were going to say like a week. No, like, yeah, well, not that bad. But yeah, no, we we eloped. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a very, it was a spur of the moment decision to get married. Well, what's what have you? What has been the biggest difference since, like, post marriage to pre marriage, or have you noticed a difference? It's been v- not not a huge difference, but it's been very slight. 
Um, part of it is to do with the fact that you have like a, literally a symbol on your body to, to tell the world that you're taken. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting thing to live with. Uh, <laughs> par- partially because I, I, I mean, I know I, the urge, the, okay. So in previous relationships, I was, cause I'm a very insecure person. Um, as anybody <laughs> who podcasts is, and I don't care who you are out there listening, if you podcast, <laughs> you're insecure. Um, and, uh, so even when I was in a stable relationship, I would still be looking for the, you know, the flattering attention of women to make me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, there's been a beautiful thing about uh, this marriage. And I don't know if it's just because we're married or just because I'm in a very satisfied relationship that uh, that kind of urge is, is considerably uh, decreased and to the point where I don't think it's there anymore as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and there's a little part of that in knowing as well that, like, if I was talking to a, a woman, like, I have a clear symbol of, like, there's no <laughs> point in flirting with me. Um, and that's kind of a nice safety net to be in of, like, there's not even mm-hmm. there's not even a thought that can pop into my head that anything like that could, like, be a possibility. Um, and then the other part of it as well is that... It's not. It's not so much okay because it's it's hard to explain. Really, it's hard to explain because a, yeah, yeah. a lot of the times we'll just turn to each other and we'll say like, "You're my wife," <laughs> you know, and we're, we're married, <laughs> and it's it's a it, nice. it's a weird kind of achievement level, and and uh, it's almost like we gave ourselves a seal of approval that yeah. you know gives you a reassurance that like things are good. Is it like like you're in it together as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, and and knowing that it, it's the, the, first of all, the conversation about surnames. <laughs> 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 if you can get past that, you can be married with anybody. I think because <laughs> that was a whole ordeal. But uh, yeah, because have you even have you and Helen talked about marriage at all? Oh yeah, like all the time. Okay. But I'm I'm a I'm a I'm like a very. Uh, I don't like it from a, from a, like the idea, I just don't, I don't like the idea of it as a construct. I'm not, I don't want to, uh, this is a very personal thing. I've got, I've got like, okay, it's a very personal thing, but I don't like the idea of it as a construct. I don't buy into it as an institution. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I don't have, I like, I would happily, so what I would love, ah, oh, no, no, don't worry. I'm not going to, no, we won't get into that bit of it. <laughs> no, because it's, it's, a, it's a thing, and oh, don't, no, don't worry. But uh, I, I want to be with Helen for the rest of my life until she says she's had enough of me. So that could literally be at any moment. Um, but I, yeah, the idea, like marriage, I don't, I just don't buy into I don't buy into the construct of it. The I understand what you mean because in a, in a modern in a modern society, this kind of religious idea um, seems kind of silly to a certain extent. Um, you know, what is the point of it? Like you said, we we can just be together. We don't need you know some sort of legal document to say that we can stay together forever. Why don't we just do it? And I was very much in your mind frame before that. Um, and if if it not for the fact that so my wife is American, um, she was living in Ireland for I think three years, uh, and her visa was running out, and it was getting to the point where um, all the avenues that we were looking at to renew her visa was getting kind of like you know less and less likely, 
Yeah. So it was almost in a state of panic that we got married. We eloped to New York. We ran away to New York for like two days because <laughs> um, it's the easiest place in the world to get married. You just register one day and get married the next, and you're in and out. Yeah. With that. It's great. Uh, and so we, because we, I don't. Neither of us were into the idea of a traditional wedding um, at all. Like you know, the mm-hmm. the whole thing like bugs us to no end. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so neither of us were too worried about you know being married in that sense. Um, but once you once you kind of have that out of the way, you realize, oh well, sure, it's kind of a weird construct that's kind of created by society. Uh, but in the society that we do live in, there are endless benefits to doing. Yeah, that, I know that. See, this is the thing: is there are like a bunch of useful things that would happen. <laughs> yeah, we, but we all, but we also we like we like own a house together and we have a dog, so. It's very difficult for Helen to get away now. So in, in essence, it's like we, we've done the same thing just without the party. Yeah, yeah. You've still but that's locked the best part as well, to be fair. So we still would do what we still want to do the party. Well, I yeah, I like the idea of a party, but if we can just do away with the wedding part. Yeah, um, just have the party. Yeah, we've, we've had this me and Helen had this conversation all the time. Like we should just have a massive party instead. Yeah. No, I'd do it. I'll go. <laughs> Assuming <laughs> I'm invited. Yeah. You're invited. You're invited. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. All right. That was a, we went on a, such a weird tangent, Aaron. Listen, this podcast is all about life advice. Um, <laughs> we're, we're helping people out there. Uh, there. Anybody at home who's wondering about getting married, now you know. Now you know the reality there you go. of it. Yeah, it's a solid 10 minutes on it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll do one more, and then I'm going to make you, I'm going to force you to do those six adjectives. All right. Okay. You pick, pick, the, be- you pick the best question, then, because you can see them all. You, oh, I'm okay. giving you you the rights fill in time while i scan read this page okay um six adjectives that is very di- like i might have to write these down i don't know what i'm not ah oh. what i'm gonna do is you might be able to hear me typing i'm gonna type in the best adjectives into google and see if any of those apply to my year um it's great oh it's just giving me as great an adjective or a verb oh come on Oh wait a minute! What awesome? Was it? <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, I'll I'll help you. All right, I got one. Other thing. That was a terrible. I, I was so bad at filling time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Well, you you made noise. I think that's all that matters. Um. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna go with this one because it's it's a si- kind of a softball, but I think it's a nice one to kind of get uh, to get close to the end with. Uh, what is something you accomplished in this year that you were proud of? So if you can say if you can name one thing that you're really proud of from the last year, what would that be? Uh, I'm proud that I got through it. I'm, 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 <laughs> We're here. <laughs> I'm sure that we got to the other end of it. Um, I, I I didn't really set like I, I wasn't I'm not very I'm not like a very big goal setter. But um, about halfway through the year, I had like a, a thing in my head that I was thinking like, uh, and it relates to all the myriad of things I've said about my last year. Um, but I sort of set a mini goal of like what would be nice to reach at the end of the year that would probably make me. Um, look after myself a bit better and I just about probably got to that point um, so yeah that but, but also just launching panel by panel and having panel by panel go well and not missing you know getting all the issues out on time and everything that was quite good that felt nice <laughs> yeah you've, you've, comp- you've accomplished a lot so the, the pick one thing for you I think would be hard to do but you're kind of like oh it's all the same <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's just like the, th- I, you know, this is to get back into therapy territory. But I don't, I haven't, 
I've done. Luckily, I've had the, the the chance and the ability and the look to to do a bunch of stuff this year. But I don't necessarily know if I've had time to really just sit back and enjoy some of the stuff that I've done. So, but that was all part of that. You know, I, I realized that as the year went on, and and you know, that's a big goal for me this year. It's actually like kind of enjoy some of the stuff that happened rather than finish them and then get really nervous and um, like anxious anxious about like the next thing. Bills and breaks. Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah. No, you're right. It's the, sometimes it, it's so easy to get lost in the next thing that you're doing that you you forget that like, oh, I made this nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's nice to build that time in to like just be like, you know, you don't have to start just like straight away on the next thing. Like, just enjoy this for an evening or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's something I need to learn to do more as well. My, as myself, I think it's a problem <laughs> that I have. Because uh, yeah, I, when I because I do comedy shows as well, and you know, straight after the comedy show, I'm just kind of like, you know, okay, now what? Like, it's I can't just go. Oh, that was a fun show. I have to come out and go. Yeah. Like, All right, let me do another ten minute set. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I, I wonder how much of it was like be, because you you're doing it alone. So like, I used to be in a band, and with a band, it was like I couldn't get to the next bit without everyone else. So we all worked at each other's speeds. And sometimes it went really fast and sometimes it went really slow. But like since I've been doing stuff like on my own, it's just me. So it's just like my own speed. And my speed apparently is relentless. So I need to <laughs> like turn that turn that speed down a little bit. And maybe like I bringing in stuff to kind of break it up um, maybe as well. Like I've been doing the podcast with Kieran under the hood and that's been really helpful to be like to take some time out from the week and just be like, let's do this podcast for a little bit. Yeah. And that, yeah, because sometimes the thing that you're doing can be just be for fun rather than for like a more, you know, um, ambitious purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another good one. Um, I think, all right. So, uh, something I'm proud of from the last year, um, I, I'm going to name two things cause I'm selfish. Um, there was, there was one moment, um, towards the end of last year. So, but only a couple of weeks ago, I guess, uh, where, uh, cause I worked in red cube studio for, for two years and, and, uh, that time, has finished uh, and it was mm-hmm. a great great time to be there but um, the people I worked with there was Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair and, and Jordi wrote a kind of like a goodbye message in our newsletter uh, where she had talked about um, how she was proud of how I treated other creators and how um that uh that when i work with other people that i'm i'm fair and she says like because you know she works with you know she's has worked in enough projects over the years where she knows that that's not always the case um <laughs> and so that was that was very nice to hear because i don't get many compliments from her um <laughs> the, <laughs> the second one um is uh, i did a so as i talked earlier on like thought bubble was a huge kind of professional letdown for me um and uh uh a couple of weeks after it, um, I had done a really small convention. It was a one-day convention in Dublin called DCAF. And it's a lovely <laughs> event. I've done it a couple of times now. And if anybody is around Dublin, I recommend that you either do it or, or go to it. Uh, but um, I was, like I said, I was, quite, I was at quite a low point um, as far as my confidence about, like, kind of how things were going <laughs> is concerned. Um, yeah. But there was, a, there was, and I spoke to you about this, I think, on Twitter. Um, there was, there was, Two two very nice interactions with two uh, young people that were yeah 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 they were both about yeah. like twelve or so um, and uh, I had sold them I one guy came up to me and he goes like oh hey I saw you at the last uh, event here uh, I read Shipwrecked it's really good I really like it and I was like oh thank you very much and he went 
oh my god there's like issue two out and i'm like yeah <laughs> and that was that was a really really nice kind of just thing to, to see somebody genuinely because like sometimes people will tell you like oh i really enjoyed your book but they're, if they're peers or or what have you, I I don't, and I, it's a terrible thing to say, but I don't value their input because I, I can't, no, <laughs> but I can't trust it because you're not going to tell somebody I thought your book was shit. And there's a lot I'll, of people. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I hope you do. I really do. I yeah, genuinely you know, hope you I'll do. I'll tell you. Um, but sometimes I just, I guess I just, I'm a bit paranoid about people being polite. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But to see like a real genuine reaction from like a random kid uh, to my work was was uh, something that made me very proud. And then later on that same day, uh, there was a young woman who bought Swift from us, uh, uh, our, our title, um, and she, her parents. I don't think they knew a comic event was on because it, it, <laughs> it was in a flea market uh, which is on regularly and a lot of people just come down randomly not knowing what's on that day and uh, so her parents were like you know having lunch at the cafe like in the venue and so she had time to read the comic after buying it and she ran back over like clutching it in her hand saying like this is really great this is so good thank you this is really good and like yeah that just filled my my heart with joy so uh yeah so i'm just i'm proud yeah i'm proud something that i made made a couple young people like happy even just for a minute so like that that made my whole year uh entirely that's awesome yeah that's like the dream though isn't it that is the act like the genuine dream is that oh yeah like it connects with someone so powerfully that's it i i had literally fantasized about those type of reactions like earlier in the year because yeah i was hoping for something like that would to happen so when it did it was it was it was wonderful um so yeah all right six adjectives adjectives i need to to learn how to pronounce that word (laughs) i'm pronouncing it like a digestive biscuit yeah yeah i like that a lot that's amazing um i've got yeah i've got six okay I mean, I don't know if two of them are a word. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, listen, we're creative people. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the first one is the obvious one, which is busy. Mm. Uh, okay, that's one, right? That's a, that's oh, nice yeah, def- definitely. Fatty, because I ate so much chocolate this year. Like, <laughs> really quite a disgusting amount of chocolate. Um, but it was good. It's good chocolate. Um, cloudy, just because I looked outside and it was a bit cloudy. So... I mean, technically, that's 2018, but... Right. Uh, and I'm sure there were cloudy, cloudy days in 2017, <laughs> was, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, it was cloudy at some point. So that's cloudy as in physically, not emotionally. Um, right. Introspective-y? Is that a word? Um, uh, you can sure. just say introspective. Is that, is that, would that count as an adjective? Introspective? Oh, yeah, if you, if you said, like, someone, like, that was an uh, introspective dog, I mean, it's your it's a descriptive <laughs> word for the dog, so, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so introspective. Uh... Magazine-y. Ooh. I don't think there's a way to work that as into an adjective. No, probably Unless not. Unless you said the year was quite magazine-y. Oh, the magazine <laughs> year. Yes, 2017. Oh, yes, What's you that know book it? over yes. there, though? The magazine-y one? Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that counts. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, so is that six? Yeah, that's five. So the last one is just, it would be scary. For a, yeah. for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Many, many reasons. No, that's uh, same, same. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I'll, I'll go with, um, uh, yeah, busy, I think, as well. I think that's, you know, uh, 
uh, that's a that's a kind of common one. So I'll go. I'll use that too. Um, <laughs> uh, tough, I think, would be the other one. Um, mm-hmm. Toughy, toughy, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's a different thing. That's a different description entirely. That's like you're describing my hair. He's a bit toughy on top. Is that what you meant? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, like the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> it's that, that was that type of tough. Um, so another one would be uh, emotional um, mm-hmm. for myriad reasons one. as well. That's a good one. Um, myriad word, isn't it? I've Mary, used that like seven times in this podcast. I love that word. It is. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, how often do you get to like to have a Y in the middle of a word? Like it's <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a beautiful. Um, sorry, Carol. Okay. No, definitely. Uh, which it, it, sorry, just to, to sidetrack. It does. Uh, conjure the word triad in my head as well i don't know why <laughs> i guess a myriad of triads <laughs> a myriad of triads yeah that's that's a film oh right. that's my next comic yeah. book <laughs> god damn it you got that first <laughs> um i will say exciting mm-hmm. oh i should put that that's a good one yeah i should put that as well god yeah. damn it um i'm going to say uh <sighs> Um, such a better one than cloudy. Oh, what a waste! <laughs> you did throw that one away, but like you know, I didn't <laughs> want to terrible. say anything at the time. Um, I want to. I want to say like anxious, ang- anxious, anxious. Yeah, anxiousy. Anxiousy uh, yeah. is another one, and I will. And then I will say uh, my last one um, being uh, lovely. Because uh, there was a lot of love in the last year, uh, which was I nice. Put a single nice. I'm looking back at mine now. I didn't put like a single nice one down. <laughs> 2017 so was shit. That says so much about was... like me personally. That's, that's awful. <laughs> God, I like you're oh, cloudy. Listen, it's not a competition. Of all the, I, could, I know, but I couldn't even think of a single. I, I, I got to the point I couldn't think of a single nice one, so I had to just look out the window. That's how that. Yeah, that was a fine year. <laughs> Clouded. We had a good summer, right? I feel like the summer yeah. was, was was decent. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So I can't believe I've let I've let you down and I've let myself down. <laughs> You've let the listener down more than anything. <laughs> oh, um, I'm so sorry. You're just gonna get like a bunch of like cloud pictures tweeted at you now. <laughs> Uh, so I got two questions before we go. Uh, these are normal questions. So we're off the we're off the board now. Um, okay. So, uh, do you have anything to plug? Yes. Good. Uh, what did I just what what fell in the background? I, I okay. So I'm a, so for anyone who doesn't know, I'm recording in my bedroom, and I I'm a fidgeter, and I was playing with my phone. And I and I and I was like, okay, stop doing that, Aaron. And I threw my phone onto my bed. But of course, beds being <laughs> bouncier than you you think they are, it just bounced three times and went off to the other side of the room. So uh, that was my nice. phone. <laughs> uh, what have I got to plug? Uh, I do a, a weekly YouTube series called Strip Pal Naked, which is at youtubecom naked. Um, if you like that. Uh, you can support it on Patreon at patreon.com slash naked. I imagine that you won't go to see that if you don't know what it is. So maybe watch a few. 
you know, there's no more. I suppose it's a bit pointless to me plugging the Patreon because um, I talk about it on every episode of the show. So if you watch that, you know it exists. Um, but it exists, it's there, whatever. Uh, and I do a, I do a monthly magazine that's like a hundred pages of looking at comics a little bit differently. Uh, it's called Panel by Panel, and you can find that at panelxpanel.com. Uh, loads, there's loads of cool stuff in it, I think, anyway, because yeah. I don't write it all, so I can say that. But um, I, I don't, and also, I don't think there's anything out there that is like it. I don't think there's anything. You're not. You you have kind of cornered the market on that sort of thing right now, because I don't think there's another kind of comics magazine that anyone can really like pick up in the same way. Yeah, but then it's like I. I I'm, this is again the way that my my brain works and very cynical nature is like yeah it's the only thing that exists and it's like probably for a reason um but yeah yeah that's uh, it's we've got we have like cool interviews and uh cool features and we've had like people like dave gibbons in it and uh, greg rucker's in the new one and it's we're we've covered books by like eric kaiser and valiant and marvel and dc but also indie books so i like i try and make sure that we kind of deliver a range over a year you know we've done like an image graphic novel in the first seven issues, done like an, uh, eight issues, done an image graphic novel, an image miniseries, an image ongoing, uh, a vault ongoing, a uh, uh, Marvel book, a DC book, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. So try and make sure that we kind of cover a, a sort of a wide range of stuff from from angles that maybe you don't maybe you don't find anywhere else. Hopefully, you don't find anywhere else. Can I can I ask you a question? What made you uh, collect it in this form and not maybe like use it in a website format? In the sense of like just releasing these different articles at different times, uh, because websites are, in my head anyway, websites were particularly difficult to because you, there is it feels like there is a need to be constantly updating. Otherwise, people don't go back to check on it as regularly. Um, but also, I like I'm a big fan of having like a product, like a specific thing, um, and uh, I'm a like I'm a I'm a, I'm a big magazine-y kind of guy. And so I like the idea of there just being like, here's a bunch of curated, it's almost like a newsletter or whatever, like here's a bunch of like curated stuff. Um, and it's all mostly, you know, half of it's themed and half of it's kind of like uh, themed in that it's the same kind of features, but with different people. Um, so it's kind of like a curated monthly little drop into your inbox that you can read at your own leisure. Um, and we try, I try and, because I know it's, you know, it's like $2.50. So it's like the price of, just under the price of a comic. So in a sense, I'm kind of asking you to like, Add another comic to your list for a month, or take one off. Yeah, so but, you're really, sure but you're really buying a trade because, like, it's, it's the price of a single issue comic, but you're getting a trade's worth of like pages. <laughs> yeah, and there's a comic in there that's usually like fifteen to twenty odd pages anyway. So you're getting a comic for your money, um, and then you're also getting like another sort of like eighty to ninety pages of writing about comics. Um, but I want to make I, you know I need to be and it, I need to make it worth people's while, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 comics alliance closed, and I was trying to think of something, a way to like kind of keep writing because I was doing those strip mile naked columns there, and it, uh, a monthly kind of digest thing just felt like more my sort of thing, like more the thing that I like. And whenever I make a decision, clearly it's only about me. So it's just <laughs> I go, what, what does, what does Hassan like? Oh, Hassan likes this. Cool, let's make that. Um, but people have been interested, and in people have been buying it, and people have been sharing it, and. and uh, creators have been interested in getting involved in it as well and so you know i think it's gone all right for the first sort of seven eight months so we'll see, yeah. we'll see what happens here as well yeah no i think it's been a great success but you know then again i'm not making it so <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to like finishing i'm gonna i'm finishing the vault the first volume with 12 issues which is you know we've got eight coming up in february nine in march 
So 10 is in January, February, March, April. 11 is in May. So June. Really? I really should have known that because the first one came out in June. So just to do a year later, um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna and we're gonna skip. We're gonna have a month off where we're gonna do like a sort of like a, a greatest hits almost, like a compilation of great pieces and also some stuff that you haven't seen, like brand new pieces. Um, like there's some stuff that we interviews we did with people that we didn't we know. There's tons of unused material that we're gonna reformat into like brand new articles and stuff that you just won't find anywhere else. So. Uh, it's still going to be fun for the people who are got on, like an ongoing subscription, but also it kind of gives me a mini break for a couple of weeks, just to not die. Um, and then <laughs> we're going to go into volume two and launch with that. So I'm, I'm uh, thinking about what we can do differently a little bit for volume two and stuff like that. So I don't know. You've read some, right? Have you read some? Yeah, you, I you were lucky enough because I I have to be honest, I find it difficult to to read it online. But you were lucky enough to give me a copy of I think it was copy number issue two with the uh, Redlands. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, it's it's it, it's jam packed, it's dense, and so like I've read a bunch of it, and I think I still have more to go. <laughs> but it's but it's wonderful in that sense because that's in the same way like you when it comes to magazines. That was the beauty that I loved about magazines growing up, is that like you can you it's not it when you read like comics and stuff you you read it within 15 minutes and it's kind of done and unless you want to <laughs> go back and read it again in years time like you're not likely to but this is what i'm talking about in terms of value for money is like i'm i've gotten so much enjoyment because there's so much in it and like i just keep going back and like finding a new thing to read in it or you know mm-hmm. uh cool. stuff like that so yeah that's it's 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 nice in that sense that it's it's one of those like coffee table magazines you know what i mean like you just pick it up every now and again and take a look well, be fun i'd love to do more print ones because i had like when i got them printed for like thought bubble i I, like i loved the way that they came out like i I loved the way that they looked but like fiscally it's not quite sustainable yet to print them because like to get them to the standard i want them to be at which is you know more or less like the one that you got Mm. they were they're pricey to make and then price to ship but one day hopefully one day yeah i'm i am i that's that is what i i think is i is in your future because i think the interest will hopefully just keep going up and the amount of people subscribing to it and that will give you enough of a base to 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 do something like that because you know that wouldn't that be like bloody wonderful to just have like a print of comedy like that yeah uh all right and so my last question then uh is uh what do you want to go out on what music do you want to play it on Ooh, oh, I haven't thought about this yet. Mm. Uh, what is... Oh, uh, I, there's a song that... So I um, probably said this to you last time as well, but I get really like... If I hear a song that I like, then I, I can just listen to that song like back to back until I'm done with it and I just move on to something else. Yeah. But the song I... And I like I mean that like literally. Like, <laughs> that, like I will listen to that one song just relentlessly. Um, but at the moment, it's uh, The Front Bottoms um and probably it's a uh, uh i can't remember what the, the album's called something talon talon of the something but the song from that is the first i think it's the first track and it's called au revoir and it's only like a minute and a half long um but it's just like helen hates me because i just keep playing it um <laughs> that'll be that's the song that's in like in my head a lot at the moment all right and then we're gonna get into everybody else's head so that's good <laughs> uh so yeah so thank you for talking to me and uh hopefully this will be like a yearly thing that we do now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always it's always good fun like i'd like as soon as you sort of tweeting about doing a podcast i was like it'd be fun to do another podcast with aaron i had a blast last time and i've had a blast this time so it's yeah Good. It's always a, it's always a pleasure. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. I will do. Alright. You know what I think's really sad. I know how really sad.
that you are.